You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Post Game Show. I'm Henry Schulman on a somber day for the northern half of the state. After taking leads of 2-0 and 3-1 in the best of seven Interstate 5 World Series, the Northers could not stop a Southern California revolt. The SoCals won the final three games and took Game 7 in a 19-6 route at Oracle Park. So Southern California, managed by Houston Mitchell with the help of Dave Roberts, takes the first Golden Greats World Series in seven games. Tom Seaver, who pitched a three-hitter in game two win at Candlestick for Northern California, did not have a good game seven. None of the Northern California pitchers did. I'm joined by Northern California manager Bruce Jenkins. And, I mean, what can you say uh, to the Northern California fans here who had their hearts ripped out in a rout after they were sure they were going to celebrate? Hi, Henry. I'm a little <laughs> down. I'm a little down right now. And I've had a couple drinks, so I guess we'll go on with this. Okay. <laughs> no, hey, I mean, boy, uh, what, that, what, a, what a disaster. You know, if you're going to really have a complete catastrophe, why not make it 19 to 6, okay? Exactly. You don't lose sleep over any decisions in a 19 to 6 game. You don't. <laughs> it's, it, we're sort of like the bigger picture after all this thing like when's the next series going to be we're going to maybe socal can play texas you know exactly <laughs> well and, and if the, just uh, quickly if the listeners to this post game show want to hear the first part of this my introduction and, and bruce's response in real time just turn the knob from 44 rpm to 77 rpm and you'll be just, <laughs> you'll be just fine well uh yeah i mean uh, it didn't go the way it was supposed to in World Series history, 40 of 46 teams that had taken a 3-1 lead had gone on to, to win the series. Uh, doesn't always work out that way. Um, this was a, a really fun exercise, uh, by the way, no matter really who won or, or who lost. I mean, picking 34 great players from Northern California to face 34 great players from Southern California. And there is an actual story behind the decisions on who to start in Game 7. Now, you wanted to start... Tom Seaver to give him a an extra day of rest. Uh, also hold him in your back pocket in case of a a loss by uh, the Northern Californians in the sixth game. Uh, Houston Mitchell he picked Don Drysdale who lost Game One to start this game, uh, and it was really kind of a somber decision because Houston did this for his former LA Times colleague Chris Duprain. Uh Chris was a heralded football writer who died at age 62 on Memorial Day. And John Miller, who has done the call for the entire series, he explained the decision. A very poignant story was revealed before the start of game seven. The two managers, Houston Mitchell of the LA Times, Bruce Jenkins of the San Francisco Chronicle. And before the game, they exchanged the lineup cards at home plate. And the question was, why was Mitchell going with Don Drysdale, who had not worked at all since game one, when things had not gone well. Well, his real-life story was rather poignant. Chris Dufresne, his longtime LA Times colleague, 
and one of the best sports writers in the country for years, passed away just before this series began. He was one of Mitchell's closest friends. And so he chose Drysdale to pitch Game 7 because Drysdale was Chris Dufresne's favorite player when he first started watching baseball. That's the poignant backstory about Southern California's Game 7 starter. All right. Once the game began, it was all SoCal, starting with George Brett's RBI single in the first off Tom Seaver, Gary Carter's two-run homer in the second, a sack fly by Nomar Garcia Parra in the third, an RBI triple by Jackie Robinson in the fourth. That chased Seaver, who had CC Sabathia come in. He allowed a sack fly. And with two out and the Southern Californians already leading 6-3, to three, Christian Yelich stepped to the plate. You decided to counter with Balboa High's Mike Norris, uh, and uh, Yelich comes up with a chance to bust this game wide open, and here's John Miller. Already 6-3, to three, Southern California leading, and Mike Norris, the third pitcher of the game, in there, the right-hander, to face Christian Yelich with Brett at second, McGuire at first, trying to hold the line here, is Norris. And the pitch to Yelich. And he hammers one down the right field line, a liner, and it... Hits the corner of the second archway and takes an abrupt turn towards center field. They're going to have to chase it out there. Brett will score easily from second, and here comes Big Mac rounding third. He's going to be waved home. He'll score easily, and Yelich is heading for third. It is a triple, and now it is to 8-3. Southern California has opened it up considerably. All right. Now, I mean, at this point, Southern California has a, uh, I mean, a commanding lead in this game. And then a strange thing happened. Uh, as you mentioned on the broadcast, you were fired. You were replaced as manager and in favor of Billy Martin. What the heck happened? Well, they were rumbling about that uh, before the series even started. Uh, it, it, it didn't actually happen. I mean, uh, a lot of strange things can happen in APBA. You can have a rain out. You can have a guy injured and he's out for 14 games. Bert Blylevin got hurt earlier in this series and had to leave the game, but a manager never gets fired. So that didn't happen. I just created this wild saga, uh, just for the sake of levity. Uh, but I believe me, I managed this, <laughs> this disaster completely on my own. Well, except for picking uh, the game one, uh, lineup and, and the rotations, which, uh, was Gabe Kapler's doing, uh, with some, with some success there. Um, yeah, well, uh, I'm glad to know that, uh, APBA doesn't have a mean streak in it that just decided to send you to the, shower for the rest of the team. (laughs) Well, I mean, this game got out of hand uh, really quick, as we said. It was 11-6 to by the sixth inning. I mean, the NorCal's had scored some runs. Uh, By by now, you were toast, and Billy Martin is managing the NorCal's, at least uh, in your head. And uh, Jackie Robinson came to bat against Mike Norris with two on, and here, for the last time in this Interstate 5 World Series, is John Miller's call. It's been such a tight and tensely played series and kind of shocking how this one has become a route. We're still in the sixth inning. It's 11-6, to six, Southern California. The College of San Mateo alum, John Wetland, is in there. Two men on, and Jackie Robinson at the plate. And you would think that Oracle Park would have been a great place for Jackie Robinson to play with all that room in the outfield. Here's the pitch now to Jackie Robinson, the runner's lead. And Robinson, he swings and he drives one into the gap in right center field. That is out and headed toward the 415 sign out there. And it's going to roll through all the way to the wall. One run in. Here comes Garcia Parra rounding third. He's in. And Jackie Robinson speeding into third with a stand-up triple. No wonder they call that area Triple's Alley. 
And with a score now 13 to 6, Southern California is well on its way to victory. And we don't have to get into the rest of the details. The Southern California team, uh, they didn't have to worry about uh, their champagne in the clubhouse and the plastic on the lockers. This was uh, this was a done deal. Um, so uh, the series over. Let's take get some takeaways on, on the series. Uh, your thoughts, first of all, on how it went after, you know, playing seven games and, and pitting 60 major, major leaguers for more than a century of pro ball. What are your thoughts on that? Well, the fact that it went seven is ideal. That's what we both uh, wanted to have happen. Uh, both of us got every one of those 34 guys into action. Uh, we regretted it wasn't a little longer for some of them, but they all did play. Uh, the stars pretty much came out. I'm sure I've heard from some people who didn't like the fact that Bonds and McGuire were the slugging stars um, due to their uh, shady past with PEDs. Although Bonds did go two for his last 17, and that's uh, something we didn't expect. And that, that did hurt us a little bit, but you know, Henry, as the game ended, I, I felt so glad for, for Houston. Um, Christopher Rain's death really rocked the entire LA times. I mean, he, he left us too early and it, it just happened. And Drysdale hadn't pitched since game one when he would pitch badly and, and Houston chose him. He, he didn't pitch great, but he got the win. And that sort of became, uh, you know, the biggest story of game seven. And I thought it was nice. And, you know, we've seen in many a, a World Series or All-Star game or even in regular season where real life does kind of infringe uh, and, and sort of butt in into sports in a way that uh, we don't expect and isn't particularly fun. And uh, it, it is interesting that uh, that this happened even in the, in this series. Uh, so the decision to pitch Don Drysdale was sentimental and it worked out. Now, uh, you know, you, you were talking earlier about uh, Barry Bonds and, and his struggles uh, at the end of this series, or the way the series began, it would seem like, you know, he was a, the odds-on favorite to be the MVP, and and then he he really faltered in the final games, and that was, um, I believe, like you said, that was maybe the biggest factor in uh, the Northern California's inability to score when they needed to and clinch this series. Now, meanwhile, Bonds's counterpart across the bay, Mark McGuire, uh, he went the other way, and he just took off, and and he was on fire, and you know, we're going to pick an MVP here for the. Uh, Interstate Five World Series. I imagine he's the front runner. Do you think he's the MVP? Yeah, it was down to Mag- to McGuire and George Brett, who hit three fifty seven. He had five doubles, two triples, and a homer. And it, it felt like more like three ninety the year we've got him in nineteen eighty. Um, he was relentless. But McGuire hit four hundred in the series uh, with a double, a triple, five homers, and eleven RBIs. His slash line was four hundred five seventy one and one point three zero zero. So I mean, he was. He was completely dominant, uh, well-deserved MVP for him. Wow, yeah. His war for the series looks like the Elon Musk's child's name. It's got symbols and letters and numbers. You can't even calculate <laughs> it. Um, exactly. What the hell is that? Um, there were also some interesting notes in the series that you privately pointed out to me. Uh, I mean, some of the things that uh, just were interesting uh, about, the, about the teams, about how the games went. Are there some of those that you might want to talk about? Well, I think uh, – I, I love seeing uh, Barry Bonds coming up when we're down four with a chance to tie it with the bases loaded. Uh, I, I love the Trevor Hoffman, Barry Bonds showdown. Uh, neither one of those worked out for Bonds, but it was one of those times where we looked at each other going, hey, you know, how cool is this? Uh, the DiMaggio um, uh, coming alive with the way he did in the field at the plate was really inspiring. Uh, Ted Williams, I think he walked every time up, Henry. <laughs> 
it seemed like that it, it was it was some crazy number of walks that he had uh and another weird thing which i guess you had to be following the the action uh as it as it happened but people kept grounding out to troy tulowitzki at short even ted williams grounded out to ted tulowitzki a couple of times hitting the ball to left field so you know things happen uh, that you wouldn't necessarily happen th- expect to happen in real life. This, that's that's the way it is. I will say also, I, I missed rolling the dice. I really did. There's an emotional element to that. As anybody who's gone to Vegas and you know uh, sit, sitting there, here we go rolling the dice, and people looking over his shoulder. You know, what's he going to come up with here? And there's a lot of that's a cool element of APBA that I kind of missed. Uh, certainly, no excuses. I mean, Southern Cal earned that all the way, but it's a big difference between rolling the dice and just pushing a button that says pitch, and then they, they tell you what happened. Well, uh, I, I, I should let you know that at the post-series party that I'm hosting tonight, there will be a craps game. Just bring a, uh-huh. bunch, just bring a bunch of $100 bills. You can throw as many loaded dice as you want. Would you take $100 champagne bottles? Yeah, I'll, got take, a bunch I'll, of them. I'll take about five of those. So that wraps it up here for the uh, Game 7 recap. That wraps it up for the uh, Golden Greats World Series. I want to thank, uh, first of all, managers Gabe Kapler of the Giants and Dave Roberts of the Dodgers for being good sports, picking the game one lineup. Uh, the two guys who actually managed the games, Houston Mitchell of the LA Times and my postgame partner, Bruce Jenkins, John Miller for making the fantastic calls. I, th- I think his Bonds call on that home run in game one uh, might end up in the Hall of Fame. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, and of course, um, Everybody else who, who watched the, the series and who read the stories and, and listened to these post-game shows. And, and let's hope we do this again sometime. Okay, Bruce? I'd love to. Not tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, I think maybe an annual event. We, there you go. Yeah. Okay, so long. Well, that's the Golden Greats World Series. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. I'm Giants beat reporter Henry Schulman. On behalf of Bruce Jenkins and podcast producer King Kaufman, we'd also like to thank Southern California manager Houston Mitchell and all of his Los Angeles Times colleagues who worked to make the Interstate 5 series special. We'd also like to thank Dodgers manager Dave Roberts and Giants manager Gabe Kapler for picking the Game 1 lineups and the series rotations. And special thanks to Hall of Fame announcer John Miller for so enthusiastically agreeing to call the series highlights. The Chronicle is pleased to produce the Giants Splash and A's Plus, available wherever you subscribe to your podcasts.